Welcome, everybody, to week 12 of The Blitz, simulcast on the Sports Roundtable podcast. Thanks for joining us once again this evening. Preston County's Mountaineer Station, 96.7 K-Country. I am your host, Chris Westfall, alongside Neil Waldeck and Kelly Gamble in Studio B this evening. And behind me... Back from his week of watching tape, getting prepared for the November home stretch. Our leader of our pick segment, Aaron Host, losing a game last week, but still in the lead. Can Mr. Aaron Host hang on? We'll find out later on in the show as we make our picks for the biggest games in college football this week. Guys, Aaron I heard him talking in the pregame meeting. He's already picking out a spot for dinner. He's got this thing won, and we might as well just concede his victory. Yeah, he's already this got week. the restaurant picked out. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. taking submissions at any time. I mean, all you guys have to do is throw in the town, just tell me. Uh, there is no submitting. Trust me, there is a lot of football to be played in the month of November. And like I told you, Aaron. And then there's the bowl game. Strange things happen come bowl time. It's hard to pick those games. Can't be looking at your ESPN app over there. That's why I take a stranglehold of bowl season. Oh, really? Okay. I'll have to wait and see. <laughs> Guys, speaking of bowl games, our West Virginia University Mountaineers needed to win three of their last four games going into last game last week's contest against Texas Tech. And, guys, the outcome was not good. So West Virginia now up against their last three games, needing to win all three to get bowl eligible. Guys, I I mean, I I don't think I I need to go over the reasons I think we lost the Texas Tech game. I think they're pretty obvious. I know there's going to be a lot of talk tonight about quarterback position. We did see um, Jarrett Deggie come in for some cleanup duty against Texas Tech last week. He went 11-17 for 119 yards and a touchdown, but never threw the ball down the field. Didn't see that yet. He did look very athletic at times in a couple series against you know a, a defense that probably playing pretty um, vanilla at that time in the game. Prevent. Austin Kendall, 26-43, 355, two interceptions. And guys, the one thing I do want to talk about is everybody saw this game as a blowout. But what I saw was a Mountaineer team that missed opportunities early and often, and that led to a big margin that they had to try to succumb. Uh, Guys, I counted four times 
that if you hit the wide receiver in stride going down the field and not underthrow the ball, that you're standing in the end zone. Instead, your receivers get tackled or you throw the interception. I will hand it over to Studio B and Neil Waldeck. His thoughts of last week's game, West Virginia and Texas Tech. Well, you commit turnovers and uh, you're going to lose. And I thought uh, Texas Tech, Chris, came in. They knew that they were going to throw a punch, and they threw uh, a punch. They knew they wanted to get bowl eligible, and they wanted to get that a little bit closer, and they were going to, They made a statement saying, we are better than the Mountaineers. And they came in, and I think they did exactly that. And we couldn't match what they brought into this game. And offensively, we're still just so far behind. We have a lot of injuries. Uh, our defense wasn't there, and that you could play that on part of the, the injuries. Uh, but the turnovers... Um, you know, you could say, oh, Daggy came in third quarter, like you said. Uh, they, they were in prevent defense at that point in time. He's just throwing little rinky-dink passes here and there. He got a touchdown out of it, but really nothing much there. But when you turn the ball over, you're going to lose the game, and that's what pretty well comes down to. And now uh, we got to look ahead and try to, uh, you know, get some of our injured players back, you know, from the, the press conference yesterday. Uh, it looks as though we've got some players coming back uh, from the injured list. Will that be enough to help us? I don't think so against Kansas State, no. Some of the guys Neil's talking about, T.J. Simmons yes. will be back. Sean Ryan will be back. You get two receivers back. Still don't think there's enough coming back on that defensive side of the ball to help a ton. Kelly Gamble, your thoughts? Texas Tech, West Virginia last week. We outgained them. I mean, we look at it between the 20s. We actually looked very well, but like you said, they uh, had receivers that if he would have hit in stride, was touchdown, so they can't, the red zone. Uh, right now, we, we thought, all of us, I believe, with uh, Neil Brown, but then again, he don't have the players in place yet, but uh, we thought that we'd be much better in the red zone. And going into the game, Texas Tech was 112th in the country of giving up red zone points. After the game, they moved clear up into the, I believe, 59th <laughs> as far as red zone defense of giving up points. So that tells it all right there. When you outgain a team and still lose 35-10, to 10, that uh, our offense is inept. How many drops, Chris? Do you have that stat? There was a lot of drops off the top of my head. I, I don't know how many, so, but there were a lot. And it's not so much the drops, Kelly. It's at the time those drops are coming. It always absolutely. seems like the drops are on a third down or you get some sort of conversion sure, yeah. or something and going in the and you get zone. a drop. Yeah. I mean, in the red zone, you got to pick up first downs and you got to get closer to the goal line. And uh, But like I said, in, in between the 20s, I mean, we, we looked good at times. But the running game again? It's all going to come down to the fact that they know that we're going to throw the ball. Yeah. They're, they're bringing the house. We cannot run the football. And if we can't run the football, it doesn't matter if you throw for 500 yards a game and you still lose because it's uh, you've you got to have a balance. And we have no balance right now whatsoever. It has like this all year. So, to me, it's the lack of offensive line, the running game. And when we do get protection, at times Kendall can, you know, he can put it on the money at times, but he also overthrows and underthrows, as we have saw. He's mm -hmm. got to be more consistent as a starter. But, again, you've got to have an offensive line for him to be consistent. 
How many of those passes that was underthrown was because somebody possibly was in his face? There were a couple, and the one down in the red zone on the flea flicker. And I'm not double-guessing, coaches. I guess they saw something that they think, oh, we can try the flea flicker. And I know you're trying to do things to try to score. But running the flea flicker that close to the end zone, that's... that's usually not a red zone play. That ball was underthrown poorly because a guy jumps in his face and he tries to throw it off yeah. his back foot. Yeah, um, exactly. Things like that. But, Kelly, some of your points you made. 61 attempts passing the ball. You had Austin Kendall with 43, Dogie with 17, and old Isaiah Isdell with the perfect QB rating on the trick play throws a touchdown in one completion. And running game. Yeah. We, we mentioned it. 18 carries. You only run the ball 18 times. You're passing at 61. And you can only muster 51 yards. Your leading rusher has six carries for 16 yards. That was Letty Brown. That will one, not cut it. One of the things I want to point out, one of the bright spots was Sam James. Sam James, 14 receptions, 223 yards, and two of those underthrows that could have went for touchdowns was to Sam James. Yes. That dude could have had over 300. He could have <laughs> broke Stedman Bailey's record of 303. Yeah. And actually, Very not only easily. that... He probably dropped six passes himself. And he did. He did drop <laughs> a lot of passes. He, he's got to come around. He's got to come around on the consistency. Definitely bright spot, but definitely needs for improvement there as well. Aaron Host, welcome back to the studio. I know you were out at the game this past Saturday. Your thoughts, Texas Tech, West Virginia. Well, I saw West Virginia being a very one-dimensional team when it came to the offense. They couldn't run the ball, so it forced Austin Kendall early and often to pass the ball. And with the frequent drops by the receivers, it just put the WVU offense in a tight situation, putting the defense out there on the field frequent and often, and for extended periods of or extended amounts of time, which let them down. Texas Tech thus scoring on five straight drives for touchdowns. 35 points in the first half and then you see the Mountaineer defense kind of rebound in the second half only giving up the field goal but the WVU offense was not there like you said when we can't run the ball it forces no matter who the quarterback is whether it's Kendall or Deggy they it forces them to pass the ball and then the defense on the other side can just key on certain players right now you know Sam James is our biggest target so you can double and triple team him because other receivers haven't shown as much productivity now when tj simmons rejoins the lineup that does help out our offense a little bit but i don't think that's going to totally turn around this next game i I think there's reports out there tj simmons will be back there this game but i'm kind of giving my pick away there for this week (laughs) they're not going to win and actually i'm going to put it out there right now i don't predict them winning another game this year very good possibility. Let, let's kind of put a wraps on Texas Tech, guys. I want to get everybody's thoughts here. Texas Tech sets at four and five. They've got three games to play. Neil, I'm going to go to you first. Here's what's left for Texas Tech. They have TCU this week. They've got Kansas State. They got Texas. Can Texas Tech get to six wins with those three games? Yes. I think they okay. can. I think they uh, Kansas State may be the toughest one out of those uh, three remaining. And you even TCU think you even think that... for their money too, but they are at home, so I'm going to maybe give them a lean a little bit towards them because they're at home against TCU. But I know definitely uh, 
I don't think they can beat Kansas State. I think Kansas Even State. Texas. You, you've got them playing a strong game against Texas last game of the season. Uh, yeah, because I think Texas is going to get worn down here. Okay. And I All think right. that, uh, that, you know, that being in Texas, it's a Texas rivalry kind of game. Yeah, uh, yeah I could see uh, okay. a, an upset so, maybe brewing there. Neil has Texas Tech making a bowl game. Kelly Gamble, is this a bowl team that we lost to? I'm looking at maybe they could possibly win one out of the next. I think they can. Okay. I think they have the ability. But you don't think they will? At this point in time with those three teams right now, I'm going to say no. Aaron Host, they've got TCU, Kansas State, Texas. Does Texas Tech win two of the last three to make it to a bowl game? They'll only win one of their last three. One of their last three. Guys, you know, you look back at this Texas Tech, and they played extremely tough against Baylor. Blown call is the only reason they lose to Baylor. They have played tough. They've beaten Oklahoma State this year. I think Texas Tech might pull one out and get to, the, you know, they might pull two of these last three out. I don't think they will, but they could. But they could. They're, they could. they're going to be a fun team to watch coming down the stretch. Guys, when we come back, we've got to start previewing those Kansas State Wildcats. We'll talk a little bit about their new head coach, Chris Kleiman. He's got them ranked. We'll talk a little bit about him coming up in our next segment. We'll also get into the controversy. Who will start at quarterback? Who is QB1 this week? For West Virginia University. Everybody stay tuned. You're listening to the Blitz on 96.7 K Country. Simulcast on the Sports Roundtable podcast anywhere you find your podcast. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Hey, don't forget to um, mention about Preston. Yep, we'll do Preston. We'll also mention real quick basketball before we get into... Um, Kansas State. All right. Coming into segment two of the Blitz, our fight song of the week. Want to congratulate Coach Ed Ogeron and the LSU Tigers. Also, the second time LSU has been our fight song of the week. I like the Tigers this year, guys. Big win for them this last Saturday as they finally get over the Nick Saban Alabama hump. Will they hold on to their new number one ranking? Will they stumble? We'll talk more about the top four and the playoffs coming up in our next segment. Before we start getting into West Virginia, Kansas State coming up this week, I want to take care of a little house cleaning, little few things laying around here. Big congratulations, guys, to the Preston High Knights making the state playoffs for the first time since 2008. 2008. One other time in school history as well, 1992. This is our third third, third state title trip, state championship, state tournament trip for the Preston High Knights. Big congratulations goes out to all the players and Coach Jonathan Tennant and his staff doing a good job up there at Preston High to get them to the state playoffs. Even with that loss against Brooke, I think a lot of people thought, ah, that might have been it, but we found out pretty soon that they would still make it. It's a tall, tall task Saturday for the Preston High Knights as they will take on Martinsburg, ranked number one in Class AAA. They're on a how-many-game winning streak? 52. 
52. And three straight state championships as well. So they're going for their fourth straight state championship and 52 wins straight. And they average, what, 49.8? Margin of victory. Their margin of victory is 49.8 points a game this year. Tough, tough. Hey, you never know. Stranger things happen. You might look them that's catching why, ahead. That's why, you play the games, right? that's why they're, it's a tournament. It's not yes. just what's right in who's going to win, right? So congratulations to the Preston High Knights. And we also want to remind you that we are the home all season for Mountaineer men's basketball. Backyard Brawl Basketball Edition coming up this Friday night from Pittsburgh. 7 o'clock tip, our airtime here on your Mountaineer station begins at 6 o'clock with Learfield by IMG. And remember, folks, because when we started this ad campaign with Scoops up the road, um, I I said, Neil, come on, man, 90 points? That's not going to happen. Well, you know, happens the very first game of the season. Make sure when the Mountaineers score more than 90, you go up to Scoops here in Kingwood, the following day, tell them you listen to the game right here on 96.7 K-Country, and they're going to hook you up half off a double scoop of ice cream. Scoop and score with the Mountaineers and scoops. Guys, another tall, tall test for the Mountaineers coming in to this week. Now ranked the Kansas State Wildcats. Their second rank, second week they've been in the rankings. They're at number 24, falling a little bit this week after that very close loss to Texas last week. Guys, when we started this season, I never thought that this Kansas State team with a brand new head coach, their legend of a coach retiring in Bill Snyder. And when the season started, guys, there was a lot of talk amongst Kansas State fans that they did not like the hire of Chris Kleiman. From North Dakota State, they knew he had a winning track in Division Two, but I don't think people were sold completely on Kleiman being a Power Five football coach. He has got this team at six and three, bowl eligible in his first season. Guys, what we think of these Kansas State Wildcats? Neil, you didn't think they were going to be this good. No, I didn't, and I don't think any of us in this room did. And then, and then uh, Saturday, you saw them take Texas uh, to the limit. Yeah. There is uh, they what uh, they uh, lost that game three though, point loss lost what by three points. Yeah. So this uh, this te- this Kansas uh, State team uh, they're they're potent uh, and they, and they're kind of going with that uh, still defensive minded team. They still play good defense. Uh, you've got um, a couple great guys on that team that that uh, is doing well. Uh, defensively, Fletcher, uh, one of those guys. Uh, you've got um, also um, uh, some other uh, guys that's uh, uh, making tackles and uh, fumble recoveries as well. So this this team is defensively good. They're sound uh, defensively, and then they bring it offensively as well. So West Virginia is going to have their work cut out for them against this Kansas State Wildcat team. A team that's only given up 21 points yes. a game in the Big 12 Conference. That's pretty no, darn no good. No superstars. They play as a team. They still play the same type of Bill Snyder football. Yeah. They don't turn it over. That's why they win. You because know, they play fundamental football. 
And coming into the year, I think a lot of people thought at Kansas State that Kleiman was going to come in. He he liked running more of the spread offense. They didn't really have the players to fit that scheme. And he adjusts well to what he has. And and if you know Bill Snyder's teams, Bill Snyder still recruited this team, guys. They're still playing like a Snyder team. Fundamentally sound. You want to talk about? One t- one interception thrown by starting yeah. quarterback Thompson this year. They don't turn the ball over. They don't commit penalties, and, and they just beat you. They do, yeah. and they, they play as a team. Like I said, there's no superstars. No, no, no big names. You're, you're not going to find first round draft picks on this Kansas State football team. And, and not saying they're not going to get there under this new regime. I'm just so impressed how Coach Kleiman has came in and adjusted. What he does and what Kansas State is good at, and he blended them together, and you see they're off to a very, very good start. Aaron Host, West Virginia, Kansas State, coming up this week. Your thoughts on Kansas State? Have you got much to see him play much this year? What, what do you think of these guys? Well, what I have seen of them is they're a very versatile team. They they line up with you with multiple different looks on the offensive side, sometimes three three running backs in the backfield whatever they may do, but they, they confuse the defense with the different looks that they give. Vic Koning even said earlier in the week about how this is probably the most versatile offense that they're going to play, and that's even throwing at Texas Tech and Oklahoma, that they have so many different looks that they give you, you don't know exactly what they're going to do. So that's something that scares me more. I see the line for this game as WVU's predicted to lose by 14 points. I think it's going to be more than that. I think it's going to be more than that because of the different looks that Kansas State gives you and Chris Klein and how he has that team so fundamentally sound with the way the players play. Our defense hasn't been the best at uh, producing turnovers. And if we're not good at producing them and the other team doesn't give them, it's not going to be a good recipe for us, and I think our offensive struggles are going to continue. We're not going to be able to run the ball, and Kansas State's going to run away with this game in the first half. We'll just in the second half, but by then it's already too little, too late. Not throwing shade at Chris Kleiman at all, but these are Bill Snyder's recruits. Nothing against him, but it's another guy's recruits. To see the true talent of this coach and his recruiting Look at year two and year three when his guys actually start getting in there. Kind of like Neil Brown. This is not Neil Brown's team. He may be coaching it, but they are not his recruits. So look look towards the future when it comes to both of these teams. But I think Kansas State's going to escape Manhattan with a win. It's funny you mentioned future, Aaron Host. Very funny you mentioned future and Chris Kleiman. Um, we'll get to some another job opening in college football open this week and, and one of the names the dumpster that, fire that the are, dumpster that, well, we talked about that one last well we'll get to it in our next segment i uh, promise okay, okay, okay since we're talking about climbing in the future um guys here's another scary defensive stat for you that um doesn't bode well for the mountaineers now mountaineers are averaging 253 yards through the air a game Okay, that has been the bread and butter of our offense. We know we're not going to run the ball against anybody. And I'm not trying to be mean. It's just not going to happen. On the year, Kansas State, and this is including a game that Oklahoma was able to pass the ball. That's the only team that's been able to pass the ball against this team. 
Kansas State in the Big 12, playing teams such as Baylor, Texas, all these teams, only giving up 180 yards passing average per game. They are very good, very, very good defensively, and that does not bode well for the Mountaineers' offense. Now let's talk Mountaineers' offense, because I know this is what everybody wants to talk about. Who is starting quarterback, quarterback one, QB one for the Mountaineers when they take the field this Saturday, 3.30 against Kansas State? Neil Brown did not name a starter in his press conference. That's the first time he has not named a starter all year. Some people would say that is him saying, here comes Dogie. Neil Waldeck, do you agree? Do you think Jarrett Dogie is the starting quarterback or someone else? Maybe it's Isaiah Isdell because that pass on the trick play that he threw looked pretty darn good. I'm ruling him out. <laughs> I, I I still believe that it's Kendall that is going to start. Now, I think what you may see is Dagey coming in and maybe getting uh, more playing time than what he did against Texas Tech. I think maybe Kendall has a shorter leash, and that's where the – the, the game plan comes in is maybe just a shorter leash on Kendall. If he's struggling right off the bat, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if he goes with uh, Daggy to see how well he does. I thought that last week. <laughs> That's what I, your I answer was last, last week. week <laughs> that I felt that if the thing was, Kendall was putting up some numbers, yeah. but his throws were still not completely accurate, and there were so many situations. And here's that, the thing, and I said this halfway through the game, Kelly. I said if my God, if Will Greer was still the quarterback of this team this year, my God, he would have thrown for seven, 800 yards yeah, in that game Yeah, because our he, receivers were wide open. He might miss one occasionally, but yeah. that's the inconsistency that we're still seeing with Kendall. I mean, the fans, I mean, you look at it and you think 355 yards. Wow, what a game. But then you look at the overall game and you break it down when they need to be made. The throws that need to be made are still not being made. But again, I know we don't have a line. I know we don't have a running game. So I have my heart breaks sometimes for Kendall. But <laughs> he's he's in a bad spot. Can someone come in and do better? That's what you've said. Yeah. Is there any? Is there is anybody there any that's actually can do a better job? What I saw in a short time with Deggy, he was able to roll away from pressure on one play that he looked like he had some athleticism. Can he complete the balls down the field? We don't know because we didn't see it. They didn't show us. So My main question is, and I think this is a hold-up on Deggy. Now, beginning of the year, everybody was screaming Trey Lowe. I don't think Trey Lowe has the arm to compete in the Big 12. I, I think that's why he is not in there. When it comes to Deggy, is he re- I know he started in the MAC conference. I, I know that. Big 12 defense is completely different animal, different speed of the game. Can he read a defense and make the right decisions full speed for the whole game? The only that is way my we're going to know that is, is if we scene. play him. And that's the only thing I can say. Do they I, play him, Kelly? Is he going to start? Is Deggy starting this Saturday? Probably not. Okay. Good answer. Aaron Host. <laughs> I don't think he's going to start, but boy, do I hope he does. 
because the watching that watching the game last week, I thought Jarrett Deggy just showed a lot more experience than anybody else, and I, I loved uh, Jarrett Deggy's elusiveness. I, I do recall he spun out of a tackle in the fourth quarter, and he just looked like he had be- overall better pocket presence. Not saying Austin Kendall doesn't, but it just seems like if you give Jarrett Deggy time to learn this offense and play, he can make this offense so much more better than Austin Kendall because Jarrett Dakey can run. He can escape the pocket. He, From what I saw, it looks like he could throw the ball better on the money than Austin Kendall can. But so we didn't I, see that. We didn't see that. I saw a little bit of it. All right. I, I mean, I'll admit, he can throw a mean screen pass. I know that. Here, here's what I think, and I, I'm going to make a lot of people mad, and people, I want to hear this in the street. As soon as we step out of the studio, whoever's listening to this show, next time they see me, you're going to say, Chris, come on. I feel Austin Kendall this year, this year, still gives you the best chance out of any of your quarterbacks on roster to win a game. This year. That's where we're going to leave this conversation. I'll be the first one to say, come on. I'm sorry. I just don't think Dogie is there yet. And if Neil Brown thought Dogie was there yet, he would be playing him. Mac or, Mac or not, I think Deggy shows the experience that Austin Kendall lacks. I think he's had more Honestly, game time. Honestly, let me put it to you this way, Aaron. And, and I believe this. If you see Jarrett Deggy get more playing time this year, and you see him start on Saturday, it is not a move for this year. It, that is Neil Brown saying we're not making it to a bowl game. I'm looking at next well, year. Well, I think he should look at next year. We're not going to make it to a bowl game. I think it's time to <laughs> start Jared Dagan. Throw you still in got the a towel. chance. I mean, you got to look at next year. I mean, I'm a diehard True Blue Mountaineer fan, but I mean, it's kind of like you guys always saying, expecting the same result ah, all the time yeah, with the same the, guys. Throw that one in my face, why don't you? I mean, it's insanity. I mean, Austin Kendall has not won us a game this year. Or, but he hasn't lost us a game, so it's the same thing. It's the same storyline. He's he's mediocre at best at the end of the game. Give Deggy the start. You only got three games left. You're not making it to a bowl game. You're not going to burn his red shirt. All right, guys, we're all out of time. we got to get to a break. When we come back, we're looking at the college football playoff. Stay tuned. It is the Blitz on Preston County's Mountaineer Station. Welcome back, everybody, to the Blitz simulcast on the Sports Roundtable podcast. Guys, it is time for the Neil Waldeck Song of the Week. Yep, I knew it. I thought we would make it through a football season without dust in the wind being a Neil Waldeck Song of the Week during a Kansas game, but I was wrong. I thought so too, Chris, but this (laughs) game, I'm going to tell you right now, it doesn't look good for the Mountaineers, and they may become uh, dust in the wind. Oh, okay. I'll let you. I'll let you go with this song then, just because of just, that reason. <laughs> yeah. The meaning behind it. It's not nothing to do with Kansas. No, no. It's just the Mountaineers are going to be. They could be dust in that wind. Now, guys, there is a situation. Okay, and I want to throw this out to everybody. It happened a couple years ago. Okay, everybody's saying we got to get to six wins. Guys, I'm adding up the amount of bowl teams that might get bowl eligible. Looks like we're going to be a few six-win teams short. So if you can get to five and seven, base it all on academics, depending on who you're going up against, there is a chance possibly 
very slim chance West Virginia might make it as a 5-7. and seven. That would so, still be tough to even get the five wins for us. Uh, I agree. <laughs> Aaron, you still hanging on seven wins? They can't do that anymore, can they? No, and I hope they don't make it at five and seven. So I, I don't either. I don't either. It's making it on a um, technicality. Reward and mediocrity is all it is. It is. But you're actually a five and 17. They're re- rewarding for academics. So there you go. Hey, guys, let's do a quick update here. Very quick update on our coaching carousel. We have a new job opening in the SEC. Hmm. And again, it is a very Big 12-eccentric list that I have in front of me for the Big 12, for the Arkansas job. They have fired Coach Morris after a year and a half, just like Florida State. Matt Campbell right at the top of that list, and... Chris Kyleman, Kansas State, on that list as well. Mike Leach, out of the Pac-12. Gus Malzahn is an Arkansas alum. Would Gus Malzahn make the jump from Auburn to Arkansas? That would be real interesting. And, of course, Mike Norvell will keep coming up for jobs, the head coach at Memphis. Uh, Florida State, guys, just an update on that, showing a lot of interest in a Stoops brother. Not Bob, but Mark, the one we talked about last week from Kentucky. And getting closer and closer to the Greg Schiano reunion at Rutgers. Greg Schiano has given Rutgers a list of demands to take the job. I've read them. It's only a matter of time, guys, before Shiano's second era at Rutgers. Can't wait. Can't wait. The only thing I'm so sad about... Shiano accepted the He job? has not accepted, but it is getting closer. It's still getting close. If they can meet the demands... Of Shiano. Of Shiano. the demands. Yep. I want to say, so, say something bold for the Auburn job. I think Gus Arkansas? Malzahn, I think I know uh, Gus Malzahn at Auburn. I think he will end up at Arkansas because I don't think <laughs> Gus Malzahn's going to end this season with Auburn. Uh, I and I'll tell you why. I think he's going to be in fine shape at Auburn here in a second. But it would not surprise me if Gus Malzahn made the jump from Auburn to Arkansas. It has been a very tumultuous marriage between Gus Malzahn and Auburn. Every time that dude loses one game, fire him, fire him. He signs this huge contract with Auburn putting faith behind him, and then the very next year you're here, fire him, get rid of him. I don't know how much time Gus Malzahn has. I don't know. That, That one could be interesting. We'll have to keep an eye on it in our coaching carousel. Guys, the playoff committee has made their second week of top 25s, uh, the the playoff poll that will decide the final four teams this year. Coming in at number one, no surprise, LSU jumps up to that spot. Guys, LSU has beaten four top 10 teams this year. Clint, uh, Ohio State falls to number two. I have no problem with LSU jumping Ohio State. Clemson moves into the top four there at number three. Georgia jumps into the top four. Alabama's at five. You got your two Pac-12 schools, 
Oregon and Utah at 6-7. and seven. Minnesota, with that big win last week, jumps up to number 8 with Penn State right behind them at number 9. Oklahoma and Baylor, it is looking grim for the Big 12 because they both win last week in close games and fall a spot. Oklahoma's at 10. Baylor's at 13. Florida's at 11. Auburn is at 12. Wisconsin and Michigan rounding out the top 15. Cincinnati, still the highest-ranked non-Power 5 school with Memphis at 18 right behind them. Navy gets a shot at Notre Dame this week. That could propel Navy up over those two. We'll keep an eye on that. Guys, beginning of the season, we threw out our picks for our Final Four. I meant to do this last week, forgot all about it. Here we go. Let's reset this. We've got three weeks of regular season play to go and then conference championship week. Who will be the top four come the end of the season? We'll go to Neil Waldeck first. Uh, well, I'm, I'm trying to think, uh, Chris, uh, who I had in the picks uh, when we uh, did You that had thing. Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, and Clemson. Yeah, that's uh, I thought. So... Um, Right now, uh, as I see it now, and if I was to pick the final four teams at the end of the season at this point, I would go with LSU as the number yep. one seed, Ohio State the number two seed, and I would go with three seed Clemson, and I would say four seed right now would be Oregon. I believe they have mm. a very good chance of uh, getting into that number four spot. Yeah. I think Alabama struggles uh, maybe down the road uh, with uh, a couple of the teams that they have left on their schedule. Okay. Interesting. Pac-12 champion. Yes. And I know you're going to stick because Oregon was on your list at the preseason. The yeah. and, that's, and my list is exactly the same as Neil's. Uh, I think that's where it's at right now. I think that Ohio State okay. wins out. LSU wins out. Clemson wins out. And Oregon Pac-12 wins out. Pac-12 champion, huh? Pac-12, Pac-12 champion. Yeah, Pac-12 champion, Oregon, right? I'm hoping, (coughs) hoping the Pac-12 champion is Oregon. Tell you in a second. Aaron Host going to you. Top four end of the season. What is your final four looking like? Right now I'm going with LSU, Ohio State, Mm -hmm. Clemson, and I may have made a mistake with my fourth pick. Michigan. uh, No, I'm not making Michigan. I'm going to do like the rest of you guys, and I'm going to throw in Oregon. Everybody's loving the Pac-12 champion. Hey, let me make a strong debate first for Minnesota. Okay? Minnesota has everything in front of them. They get another top 20 team this week in Iowa. They still got to play Wisconsin, a top 15 team, and they would have to beat Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. Don't count out Minnesota, but it is a very tough tough road ahead of them. Guys, I am in agreement. In the two teams with the easiest track in, LSU, their season, even if something crazy would happen, they can redeem it in the SEC Championship. LSU will win the SEC Championship they're in. Clemson has the next easiest path in. They are 10 wins. They've got a couple more fluffer games. Very easy opponent in the ACC championship. Clemson's in. Ohio State's in as long as they win the Big Ten championship. And Minnesota don't do everything I just said. Alabama is not going to make 
the Final Four this year. They need a miracle to happen. They need a lot of help. Big 12 is not going to make the playoff this year. Playoff committee's already told you that. So who is that fourth spot? Pac-12 champion, right? Wrong. 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 There's this team just kind of sneaking around. Nobody's thinking about them. Nobody's thinking about them. They got two losses. How can a two-loss team make a playoff? Let me tell you how Auburn makes the playoff, everybody. Auburn already has a win over... Oregon. Oregon. Pac-12 championship. They've also got Georgia this week at home. That is a win over a top-five team. They also have Alabama coming to Jordan-Hare the last week of the season. They're a top-five team. If you're telling me that Auburn beats Oregon, Georgia, Alabama, one of their losses is to LSU, and your other loss is to Florida, who is a a top-ten team. Auburn can make it as a two-loss team this year, and that's where my money's going. Auburn as the fourth like pick. A, um, I consider Auburn almost like a Minnesota. That's a tough road to haul. Two two teams there. Uh, you're going to beat Georgia and Alabama. Um, that's almost like Let Minnesota. Let me remind you, a couple years ago, they did it. In Ohio State. In Ohio State. Yeah, they did it, though, just a couple years ago. And they, they got did. both of those games at home. Georgia, I don't think, is that good of a football team. And I think Alabama's down a little bit this year. Can Tua get healthy before that time? That's going to be a lot of it. So I'm telling you, I'm going out on a limb. Auburn, your fourth best team. And boy, will people throw a fit if a two-loss team goes over a one-loss Oregon. But you got to look at it. Did it the one year and won the national championship. And you got to look at it. If If all that happens, at some point, Oregon has got to be compared against Auburn, and they're they're going to. I mean, it's you got to you got to go head to head. But Ohio State, the one year people threw yeah. a fit when they got in, yeah. and they, and they won the whole thing. Three quarterbacks that year, they won the national title mm-hmm. with two losses. Guys, we'll keep you up to date with the playoffs as November continues. Hey, when we come back, it is our pick six segment of the show, our contest to see who knows the most about college football continues. We'll update you on the standings, pick six of the best games. This is the Blitz on 96.7 K-Country. Welcome back, everybody. It is the Blitz being simulcast on the Sports Roundtable podcast. I'm Chris Westfall, alongside Neil Waldeck, Kelly Gamble, and Aaron Host. Aaron Host, guys, he is still the leader of our little contest. Even though him and I tied last week at 7-4, and four, Studio B gains a game on me and Aaron at the top as both of them go 8-3 and three on the week. Guys, there are some games on this list. This is a tough week to pick right here. I have picked some good ones for us to pick this week. Let's get it started Friday night, guys. Let's go Friday night, and please, I hope everybody can forgive me. I almost forgot the state had another football team in it this year. 
It's time to talk about our little sisters to the west, old Marsha. Oh, I'm sorry. That wasn't nice. Marshall over there on that Ohio border somewhere. Guys, they're taking on the 8-1 and one Louisiana Tech team come Friday night, 7 o'clock, CBS Sportsnet. Marshall, 6-3 and three on the year. Old Doc's got them going to a bowl game. Can they beat Louisiana Tech? Let's start with our leader, Aaron Host. Negative. No, you're Louisiana going. Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech and Skip Holtz, the leader of that team. Guys, usually don't like to do this. But I'll take Marsha. I mean Marshall. Sorry. I'll go Marshall. Doc Holiday. Neil Waldeck. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> That's I'll take with thundering herd in this one. <laughs> Kelly Gamble. La la la. Ski, you like Tech. Skip Holtz. Skip Holtz. La Tech. Okay. Got a split room over here. Hey, and I once again I apologize. I, I hate it to go all this time in the season without talking about him. I really did. Hey, guys, uh, let's move to Saturday. Some Big 12 football. Kansas is at 3-6. and six. They will travel to Steelwater to the 22nd-ranked Oklahoma State Cowboys. Guys, this one's an easy one for me. I'm going Cowboys over the fighting Les Miles. Neil? I'm taking the uh, Cowboys as well. Kelly Gamble? Yeah, Cowboys always have the guns, so, yeah. And Aaron Host. Let's make it a sweep with the mullet. <laughs> All right, another interesting Big 12 game, and we kind of talked about this one earlier. This is kind of a toss-up for me as TCU travels to Lubbock to take on Texas Tech. Uh, You know, guys, I don't know. I I don't know. These games coming down the stretch for Texas Tech will be very, very close. This is a hard one to pick. Let's get Neil Waldeck's opinion between TCU and Texas Tech. This one, it's kind of one of those 50-50 kind of games, but uh, Chris, I took Texas Tech in this one. Just because they got a lot of momentum off of our win uh, last week. They've, they're riding high right now. TCU took a tough loss in overtime to Baylor. They're coming in on a down note. And I think Texas take, uh, takes advantage of that and sneaks out a win. Kelly Gamble. Uh, probably just because they're home. I'm taking Jet Duffy and Texas Tech. Aaron Host, our leader. I think the Horned Frogs are going to walk out with Lubbock with a win. Gary Patterson has his back up against the wall, and the Horned Frogs will come out fighting. Gary Patterson is a tough guy to beat when he is clawing for a bowl game. Gary Patterson don't miss bowl games. I think TCU gets one in Lubbock. Kind of outcoaches the first-year head coach at Texas Tech, Chris Wells. Keeping it in the Big 12, let's go to Ames, Iowa, where the number 19-ranked Texas Longhorn, 6-3 on the year, travel to Iowa State. Guys, Iowa State, heartbreaking, last-second loss. They go for two at the end of regulation to win the game last week against Oklahoma. Didn't get it. Coming up a little short. Guys, I watched the replay. Missed call. It's pass interference. That guy was hugging the wide receiver. And didn't catch a pass. Another blown call on the Big 12. Kelly Gamble, I go to you first. Texas, Iowa State. I think Texas' defense is still beat up a little bit. Iowa State's finally moving the football the way they should have all year. Iowa State. Yeah, Iowa State's starting to look pretty good, starting to roll again. I'm going Matt Campbell and Iowa State. Aaron Host. Iowa State gets a good win. Neil, will we go a complete sweep of Texas this week? I'm afraid so, yes. Wow. Uh, we'll all take uh, Iowa State in this matchup. 
All right, the big one this week, the game that we have been waiting for in the Big 12, guys. 7.30 ABC College Game Day makes its way to Waco, Texas for a primetime showdown between the 10th-ranked Oklahoma Sooners against them Baylor Bears. Guys, let's just throw this out here, what Baylor has been through in the last three weeks and what Oklahoma's been through in the last three weeks. Baylor's last three weeks, triple overtime against TCU last week, a three-point win at home against us, and a double overtime blown call win over Texas Tech. Oklahoma survived against Iowa State, blew a big lead just like they did before their bye week to Kansas State. Big leads in both of those games let them back in it. Who wins Aaron Host, Oklahoma, Baylor? Baylor has not impressed me in their last few weeks, and especially against the Mountaineers. I think Jalen Hurts gets himself back into the Heisman hunt. I think Joe Burrow's going to win, but I think Jalen Hurts is going to will the Sooners to victory. Guys, I look at it this way. Where did Oklahoma's defense go? That was my question. They were playing great defense beginning of the year. They've given up 48-42 and in the last two weeks. And like I said, big leads. Big leads and they can't hold them. I'm going upset. I'm going Baylor stays undefeated. Big college game day crowd in Waco this Saturday. I'm going upset. Baylor Bears. Neil Waldeck. Um, I think Oklahoma just a little bit better than Baylor, uh, and I think Oklahoma prevails over Baylor. Kelly. Oklahoma. Hmm. I'm the only one taking the Bears. Okay. See if anybody takes the Mountaineers. 3.30 Saturday, our airtime on your Mountaineers station begins at high noon. West Virginia looking for bowl eligibility. Got to win out to get to six wins. Hosting the 24-ranked Kansas State Wildcats, setting at 6-3. and three, Coming off a tough loss last week to Texas. Can West Virginia go on the road and get a win? Neil Waldeck. Well, you know, you mentioned that uh, the Mountaineers maybe could make a bowl game at 5-7. and seven. Well, that might be the case here because I don't think the Mountaineers will win. I think Kansas State uh, uh, gets past West Virginia. Kelly Gamble. I agree. K-State all the way. Are you going to pick them again this year, West Virginia? No. No. You're you're off the wagon. Aaron Host, West Virginia, Kansas State. You already gave your prediction, man. Go ahead and say it again. Kansas State's going to win, but I'll go go away fighting with these words. If Deggy starts, they have a better chance. (laughs) Austin Kendall is the best person for you if you want to win games. This year. This year. And I know I'm going to take all kinds of flack for that comment. I know I will. Guys, too much defense in this. We've already went over the stats. Kansas State playing great defense this year, and they're going against an inept offense. It don't matter who starts this game. Offensive line is not going to be able to block these Kansas State defenders. Um, They're not going to be able to slow down pass rush. They can't get the running game started. Kansas State wins 30-17. to want everybody to join us on the podcast, the Sports Roundtable podcast. We have five more exclusive picks coming up for you on that show. We'll catch you next week here on The Blitz. And we're back here on the Sports Roundtable podcast. I'm your host, Chris Westfall, Neil Waldeck, Kelly Gamble, and Aaron Host. 
alongside me tonight as we give you five exclusive picks that you can only hear on the podcast. And we would like to thank everybody that's been listening to this podcast each and every week, wherever you are out there in the world. We got some listeners from very far away, and we sure do appreciate you listening each and every week. Guys, uh, our pick six segment back on the Blitz started with Louisiana Tech and Marshall, where I picked Marshall. Neil, you picked Marshall. Yes, I did. Right? Now we're going to go back today. We're going to go to Thursday, where our other friends to the north, them Panthers, that have a very, very weird taste for something that shouldn't be eight. Sweet Caroline, if I do recall. Something in the Sweet Caroline lyrics, our version of the song. I don't, I don't know why anybody would want to do that, but hey. They're taking on North Carolina. Guys, Pitt is not out of the ACC Coastal race. Still very much a part of it. Can Pitt take North Carolina out of it? Because mathematically, North Carolina at 4-5 and five could still win the ACC Coastal. Neil Waldeck, let's start with you. North Carolina Pitt on a Thursday night. Well, uh, this one's a, I think it'll be a tough one, but I, I like Pitt. I like their defense. I think they're a very strong team, even though they're 6-3. and three. I like the Panthers in this matchup. Kelly Gamble. Sweet Caroline. That mean you're taking Mac Brown? I am. You're taking North Carolina? I am. Yeah. They're going to eat that certain. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For all the dedicated podcast listeners, for listening to this, you get to hear this one time and one time only. I will say this this season. Pit. Pit. Hey, Neil, can we look back through the annals of this show? I, I, I don't think we can. And I don't keep that good of records. I really don't. I should. But has there been any point in time where we both, me and you, picked Pitt and Marshall to win in the same week? <sighs> I don't know. That would be... I don't think so. I, think. I don't think so either. It happens this week. I'm picking I'm, Pitt as well. I'm alone. <laughs> said like two words in a sentence. There's a game you can get back. It's like hard. It. It's hard to pick Pitt and Marshall. It, it just hurts my heart. It does. I mean, my heart's hurting, but... Whew. And you know what? Pitt usually screws us over when we do pick them. They already did that to me once this year. Kelly, you might be on to one there. Hey, let's go to uh, Saturday, 2.30 NBC, a matchup between two ranked teams. Big game for Navy, guys, because if Navy can beat Notre Dame, that will probably jump them over Cincinnati and Memphis, making them the highest ranked uh, non-Power 5 school in line for that New Year's 6 bowl game. Does Navy get it done, Kelly Gamble? Man, I'd like to see him do it, but I, I just can't, can't do it. I love to watch our offense. But I think Notre Dame pulls it out at home. Very close game. And I don't think Notre Dame's all that great this year. I don't year. either, but I just think they somehow find a way to win. And I do too. I'll take Notre Dame. Aaron Host. I do not like picking Navy. Go Army, beat Navy. It's not that game yet, but Notre Dame. And you walled it. Uh, I like the Irishman in this uh, matchup. Guys, this is Clemson's last real challenge even through the ACC championship, because we've already talked about the Coastal, they're probably going to get a six, maybe a seven-win team in the ACC championship game. Maybe even less if North Carolina finds a way to weasel their way in. 
So this is the last test. Now, it got tarnished a little bit because Wake Forest lost last week. Now Wake will travel into Clemson to try to upset the number three Clemson Tigers. No chance, guys. No chance. Clemson is head and heels better than everybody in this ACC, no matter what division you look at. I got Clemson. Aaron Host. Clemson. Neil Waldeck. Uh, yeah, I like the Tigers. I think Wake Forest is uh, without uh, one of their top wide receivers in this matchup as well. Kelly Gamble. Clean sweep. Clean sweep with Clemson. SEC. Guys, there are tons of storied, historic rivals in the SEC. Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Tennessee. All these big rivalry games. But this week... We get the oldest rivalry in the South. This game has been going on longer than any rivalry game in the South. East meets West. Georgia travels to Jordan-Hare to take on Auburn. Georgia ranked 4, Auburn ranked 12. If you've been listening to the show all evening, you know my thoughts on Auburn. Kelly Gamble, Auburn, can they do what I think they're going to do starting this week against Georgia? I think you can get the first half of it. Okay. I'm taking Auburn as well this week. I'm, I'm, up, yeah. I'm riding that Auburn train, man. Put me I don't down know for about Auburn. The Alabama game, but I will take Auburn this week. All right. I'm taking Auburn as well. Double dogs. You're going dogs. I'm going dogs. Going dogs on the road. Neil Waldeck. I like the uh, Auburn Tigers. I'm going to pick them. I think uh, they're uh, at home. They may be a little bit stronger than Georgia. Georgia's defense is not is what I thought they were going to be. Offensively, they you know they got a good quarterback, but some questions there. And, of course, you don't believe what I say is going to happen because you picked Oregon and you want to see him in it, and you know Oregon will be out if Auburn does what I say. That is true. <laughs> I mean, there's a good possibility. But, I mean, it will come down to the, the still fact that they would have two losses. They're still going to say okay. they might have beat them head-to-head, we'll but they see. have one more loss. We'll, so see. we'll see how it plays out. We'll see how it plays out. Fun to watch. Hey, guys, Minnesota was the biggest talk of the week, weren't they? Minnesota um, went hosted Penn State last week, pulls a great upset, great atmosphere, first time for college. No, they didn't have college game day, but it was a big upset. They rushed the field. It was just a great scene for Minnesota. Now, very tricky game, coming off a very high moment, a very emotional game for them, and now you got to travel to another place that is very hard to play in, Kinnick Stadium in Iowa. The 20th-ranked Iowa Hawkeyes. Guys, I'm calling upset. This smells of upset right here with Minnesota coming off that big win. Might be a little of emotional letdown. Iowa beats Minnesota. Aaron Host. Iowa. Iowa. Another Iowa. Neil Waldeck always takes Iowa in these situations. You going to this time? Uh, no, no. I'm gonna go with uh, the Golden Gophers. They they uh, they did an excellent job beating Penn State last week. I think they uh, Iowa has been having problems moving the football. They they play good defense, but they're offensively not there. I like Minnesota. I think they win. Kelly Gamble, Minnesota, Iowa. It's not enough said. I was favored by three, but I'm going with the Hawkeyes. 
So Neil Waldeck, the only one sticking with the Golden Gophers. Guys, it's been fun hanging out with you tonight and talking some football. We'll do it again next week. Tune in week 13 of the Blitz and Sports Roundtable podcast next Wednesday. Check us out then, okay?